bright and early with the sports animals on ESPN Honolulu. Bobby Curran is on the mainland. He'll be back on Thursday. You got Dickman and Hart right now on ESPN Honolulu. Top stories we're following this morning. Uh, congratulations are in order for local boy Max Unger. 173 modern era nominees have been announced for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And Big Max is one of them. How about that? That is cool to see. I, I mean, I don't know overall as far as when you look at offensive linemen or centers, how you pare it down. I'm not sure if he's going to make it. I'd have to see the other people on the list. But just to get mentioned in that category, in that same sentence, so to speak, that's pretty cool in itself. Yeah, there's 173 people at this point. They're going to pare it down to 25 in November. Uh, other guys uh, um, up for it this year as far as offensive linemen go. Willie Anderson, Bruce Armstrong, Matt Burke, Lomas Brown, Reuben Brown. Uh, Olin Krutz is in there, too. How about that? Hey, hey two guys. Uh, Nick Mangold, mm. uh, Nate Newton, Jeff Saturday, Mark Schlereth, um, Mark Stepnowski, Steve, Wisniew- Steve Wisniewski, Richmond Webb. A lot of name guys. Uh, on the list, uh, but hey, you know it's you know at least you're up there at Olin Krutz and Max Unger. Do you think Max Unger is a Hall of Famer? I, I mean, not Max Unger as much, but I mean Olin Krutz. I think he's got a pretty good chance at least to make it a little further. Maybe with the with the names I just met read, I don't think so. If you can lower your headphones or do that thing with your microphone, that'd be great. Uh, congratulations to Kate Lang, the Big West Setter of the Week. Uh, for the fourth straight week, that's a record in the Big West. Chris, Chris, it's not the Big West Setter of the Week. It's the Kate, Kate Lang Setter of the Week Award because it might as well be named after her. I mean, that is incredible. We talk about Amber and Caitlin and uh, Riley Wagner often. Kate Lang, we do bring up a lot. And, man, what a season she has had to do that four weeks in a row. I think it obviously says more about how really good she is than the talent in the rest of the Big West. But I have a feeling she's going to win a few more of these before it's done all right uh big nfl injuries continue we saw a heavyweight fight uh, yesterday with the pittsburgh steelers and the cleveland browns what a great game but uh it did have some casualties yeah and i know you're happy with the result of the win for the your steelers and one thing about the injury nick chubb and i didn't get to see it and i know nobody is replaying it espn is not and i guess it was up at a few sites and they don't want to show it and that's fine but he suffered that gruesome knee injury in the first quarter i believe and he's out for the year one thing i threw up was really classy though as he's being carted off the field the pittsburgh steelers fans basically in unison were chanting his name as he left the field applauding for him uh that's in a rivalry like that you don't always see a gesture such as that i thought it was a really cool move on the steelers fans part yeah i mean he's the best running back arguably the best running back in the nfl i mean i think he ran for the second most yards behind josh jacobs last year but uh yeah it's you hate to see that and you 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 know you got joe burrow hurt anthony richardson's in concussion protocol i don't want to say this is because of the short preseason i don't know that this has anything to do with it but it's uh, it's it's sad to see. It's kind of sad to see because some of the reaction uh, that I saw right away was how that affects people's fantasy teams. And I was like, oh, no, come on. Yeah, guys. well, that's, hey, I guess that's understandable. He but... is a human being. I don't think it's understandable. Something, you know, just let it just be quiet on that. 
right? Well, just I mean, it doesn't hurt to be that. feeling both. I mean, just you know, no, sympathy I for him. No, I think it's I think it's insensitive to go on social media and go, oh, there goes my fantasy team. I think it's insensitive to some guy who's you know who's going through this. I mean, this is horrible. As far as the way running backs are valued, will he ever be the same? Will he ever? Is this the end of his career? Basically. Not because he'll heal from the injury, but will he get a chance to come back and really compete? Or somebody's going to go, ah, damaged goods, he's a running back, uh, two strikes and you're out. Yeah, I think it could be the latter. He had similar injuries at Georgia. And, uh, yeah, I mean, no matter who the guy is, whether he's a, you're a fan of that team or not, you got to feel awful for him. And you could tell when a couple of the teammates tried to pick him up, and he was like, no, 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 I'm not getting up. And uh, you could tell how serious it was by seeing that. I think Micah Fitzpatrick even got hurt on that play as well. And I think oh, at one okay, point he didn't he, return he to played, the game. He, he played in the game. I saw him He in the played, game but at one point part. I remember even seeing on Twitter during the game that he wasn't coming back. And that was a little he bit later. Came, he, he did come back, though. I saw him play no, the, I'm game. Saying, I watched the game. I, I said okay. later on after that, he left and didn't come back. Oh, okay. Because I saw him in the third quarter. I know that. Yeah, he came back initially. But, again, I think he got – and I'm assuming it was from the same play because I saw him down for a little bit You know bit what? Well. He came, I saw him in the fourth quarter, actually. Uh, he had a big hit down towards the thing. Anyway, that's not the point. I, I watch the games. I don't watch the games on Twitter, Gary. Well, congratulations. <laughs> Man, that was a – but you know what? That was a classic game. Now, if you're a Steelers fan, and I'm getting that echo again, Gary, uh, if you're a Steelers fan, um, you are not happy with this Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Now, is it uh, Matt Canada? Is it something else? But, I mean, they have no running game. Najee Harris can't get anything going. Part of the problem is the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line is horrible. This is a horrible offensive line. Uh, you know, these, these, especially the tackles. Now, look, they played the San Francisco 49ers, who have a great defense. They played the Cleveland Browns yesterday. And you could say that the Cleveland Browns have one of the top defenses in the NFL. They played two of the top defenses in the NFL back-to-back. I get it. But you're going to have to play the Browns twice. Uh, the Ravens are always sporty on defense. Uh, I'd be worried if I'm a Steelers fan. You're scoring your points on your defense scored a couple touchdowns. Special teams, special teams and defense, outstanding. They won the game for you yesterday. The offense almost lost it. Yeah, the offense didn't do a lot. First play of the game, that pick six. I still, I don't know. You're really uh, a big Cleveland lover these days. Yesterday, saying they're better than Cincinnati. Now, one of the top defenses. I don't know if I would go that far. After Miles, well, Garrett, you didn't. But you didn't watch the game. I did watch you the game. I didn't watch every single play. I did watch the game, and it's not no, just this gotta, one game. I think a lot of people uh, would agree that the Cleveland Browns have a great defensive line. They've got the linebackers. Uh, Denzel Ward is an all-pro in the in the uh, defensive backfield. Uh, these, these guys were tough. And, you know, part of it is that, you know, the Steelers' offensive line isn't great. But I'm, I'm just going along with what the announcers were saying and really kind of what you saw. I mean, those guys, maybe, and maybe it was a rivalry game, so they were more fired up. I don't know. But that uh, Cleveland Brown defense looked awesome. Now, they're not going to win any championships this year because – uh, they're, Deshaun Watson's not the Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texans. I'll tell you that much. Um, but, you know, they and without Nick Chubb for the rest of the year, we'll see what they're going to do. But 
They've got the offensive line. They got the defense to win a lot of games this year. They could give the Ravens a, a little hard run wow. this year. I wouldn't go that far. Even with Nick Chubb, I don't think they're more than a 500 team at best. Mm. Uh, you know, Mari Cooper's your only real receiver, and even he has not really lived up to the expectations. Yeah, Deshaun Watson isn't the same. He's still good. I mean, they're not an awful team, but you know what? Donald Donovan Peoples Jones has been coming. He's been improving every single year. I I, I actually kind of like him. I see them as a third place team at best in that division. All right. Well, we'll see. I mean, okay. I, but you got to you got to give a reason why. I mean, Amari I, Cooper, I think partly. I, I'm not going to just say they're good, and the, you know the linebackers are good, or something like that. That's not a reason. I'm saying partly because Baltimore and Cincinnati are much better than them. Much you know better what? than them. Cincinnati's got a hurt quarterback, and they've got a bad offensive line. And they were um, same offensive and, line last year, zero and two, and went to the AFC Championship game. Uh, it's not the same offensive line as last year, and I, I forget who the replacements are. But at the same time, we'll see. I mean, yeah. we can just sit here, and, and it's kind of boring for the audience to go, well, he's better. Well, who do you think's better? But I'm just saying that was an – I started out by just saying that was an unbelievable game Who uh, for folks who ever watched it. I didn't catch much of the Saints game just because – they had two games on at once. It's kind of like, uh, what are you guys doing? I don't understand that either on the same network, and they're doing it next week as well with the doubleheader at the same times. Well, it wasn't uh, on the same network. Well, I mean, well, basically, ABC and ESPN, they're the same company. Right. So you're diluting your product, basically. Um, right. I just thought that right. was weird. Why would you do that? I can't think. I can't even think of the, the reason why. Because <laughs> you said that Monday night. The reason Monday night is so special is because you are the only game in town yeah. that night, just like Sunday night or Thursday right. night. And now you're taking it. You're cutting it in half. And especially when you decide New Orleans and Carolina, that'll be the other game. A lot of people are going to be tuned in for that. Who cared about that game unless you were from New Orleans, Carolina, or you were in Vegas betting on the game? I mean, it was on, so we'll watch it. But the Pittsburgh Cleveland game was. The game to watch not new orleans carolina right and it was you know i mean what did they score a total of 37 yeah, points right even that i saw the first touchdown late in the third or fourth quarter finally a touchdown in that game right the um the uh actually the defense for uh I, uh the little i saw and on man i can't i don't want to judge it on highlights but a little the little i saw i couldn't tell if New Orleans defense was uh, looked pretty good, or if it was just Carolina not executing. Yeah, Bryce Young, I mean, he did not have a good game. I think he ended up with like 130, 151 yards. And he had that last drive where they threw a touchdown pass to Adam Thielen. But other than that, their offense couldn't do anything. And yeah. I think it was partly maybe good defense and also rookie quarterbacks in the NFL on bad teams uh, tend to struggle a little bit, as we've seen. So I think it was a little bit of that, of both. But again, that, that game, I mean, I watched both. You know, we had them on both at Ruby Tuesday, so I'm watching both back and forth. But merely the Pittsburgh game was the one to watch, of course, even without the scores being announced, because those are two teams that you want to watch more than, again, New Orleans and Carolina. You're going to have a doubleheader, and that's the teams you picked. And maybe when they made the schedule, I don't know, still don't understand why they thought that would be a really great, interesting game, except for maybe you had a former Heisman Trophy winner in Bryce Young. But still, I, I can't think of the exact and, reason and why the, they're doing that. A number one pick overall, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know. But for whatever reason, I mean, that – that was the game, and and I, I don't mind that so much the game. The the point is, why do you show them both at the same time? Why do you cannibalize your own audience? Yeah, That's last year when they've done it in previous years, it's been a doubleheader on ESPN and one after the other, same channel. So one game might start, you know, and the first game is still going long, and they'll put it on ESPN two for ten minutes. But uh, by the way, next week you have Philadelphia and Tampa Bay at one fifteen, and at two fifteen the Rams at Cincinnati. 
Rams at Cincinnati. What's the first game? Tampa Bay hosting Philadelphia. Well, at least, you know, you got two undefeated teams. Yeah, in, that'll be a better uh, matchup, in the, yeah. In but, the Bucks and the Eagles. But um, what was the second game again? Rams at Rams? Cincinnati. Wow, there you go. Well, at least it's a it's a it's that's a Super Bowl uh, rematch. Replay. Yeah, 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 rematch. Yeah, but and the Rams looked pretty good last week too. Well, no, they lost to the Niners last week. They beat Seattle in the first. No, week. but they looked they they played really well. It was a great game. It was a good again. Game, I'm, yeah. I'm watching the game, uh, not twittering the game. I watched the game. <laughs> <laughs> you think like you're the only one watching it? No, uh, just the only one on the show who watches. I it. I watched it. Okay. All right, it's a quarter after six here with the animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. And you know why I watched most of that game on Sunday? Because the other game to watch at home was the Jets in Dallas, and I lost interest in that game rather early. <laughs> so it was an easy choice. Sorry, I gotta go. I gotta go easy on you. This is gonna be. <laughs> hey, you know what? For both of us, we're gonna be fighting for the. Uh, we're gonna be. We're gonna be fighting for Caleb Williams. That's right. You know what? I, I, you know what? Maybe I have Caleb Williams fatigue because he's been so good for so long. The quarterback coming out of USC, uh, probably going to be the first draft choice overall. Uh, if the team, you know, who's really bad needs a quarterback, uh, but I, I still like Shadur Sanders. I like that guy. I love, you know what? And I like the fact that his dad probably keeps him in check. Where his, you know, if he pulls off some of the stuff his dad did early in his career that uh, his dad would kind of smack him on the head, that it would be, hey, don't make the same mistakes I did. You can be primetime, you can be flashy, but don't be stupid. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, and he is special. And, I mean, I guess, you know, to me, when I see him at the start of the season, I think, well, he, you know, I didn't think he would be that good. He was an F, uh, FCS quarterback at Jackson State. But then I've been reminded multiple times, he was a guy that got offered scholarships at a lot of Power 5 schools. Sure. He just wanted star. to follow dad. Yeah. So right. I mean, we shouldn't be surprised that he's good. But now watching him week in, week out, wow, that guy, he's he's legit. He lives up to the hype so far with that talent. Yeah, I'm not, I don't think anybody's surprised that he's a good football player. That's what they, you know, that's what they, that's why you give him five stars. The thing is that most of the America hasn't seen him yeah, yeah. until he played for Colorado they weren't following Jackson State and when you're right. playing at Jackson State and you're a five-star guy the competition you're playing isn't what you're playing today and really the most powerful football conference the Pac-12 right now. well uh, yeah uh, he, he's done a great job it'll be a great test for him and Bo Nix going head-to-head -head this week at Oregon uh but yeah so far he's been really good and going back to the, to the like if the Jets go one in 16 I don't think they will go that bad but I've had people, I've seen people texting the question, are they going to draft, you know, Caleb Williams? I think that would be a smart move because Zach Wilson's not their future. Aaron Rodgers is the present, hopefully, <laughs> didn't work out this year, but he's not their future either. But right now it's Caleb Williams, but boy, Sanders has looked really good. you got Drake May, who a lot of people thought would be one of the top quarterbacks from Carolina and probably still will. So there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks at the top of the draft. But Arizona looks like they are ready to get that number one pick just by the roster they assembled. Even though they've been close in their two losses, that's a bad team with a bad quarterback situation, and they could use a Caleb Williams right away. Yeah, you know, there's there's actually depending on how many how many teams need quarterbacks this year, you could have five or six quarterbacks take. I'm I'm just gonna say it now. My uh, it's gonna change as we get uh, to the end, but there's like five or six guys that could be first round draft choices as far as quarterbacks go. This is the a, a huge. 
uh, huge draft for quarterbacks this year. One of the bigger ones in recent memory. Do you know offhand for Sador Sanders? Is he is he three years out of high school? I'm almost positive. Okay, yes. so he will be in yeah, the draft this year. Okay, okay, I wasn't positive about well, that. Well, maybe he's going to stay. I don't know. Well, he's eligible he make, for the draft, though. Maybe he makes more money in the college football <laughs> nowadays. You never know. Right. Let me let me look at the New York Jets schedule real quick. Oh, please we're gonna don't. Your, we're going to check your traffic in a second. Okay, so let's see. They played Buffalo and Dallas. That's a tough way to start. They got New England, Kansas City, Denver, Philadelphia, the Giants. Chargers. Oh, they they might be able to beat Las Vegas. Look maybe. at that stretch. Are you kidding me? They might be able to beat Vegas. Atlanta looks better than you thought they were. Hey, they play Houston this year. You could have you could have three wins. You could have three wins. I'm not sure if I would take the over on that, but I think it'll be right around there. Yeah, their schedule is brutal for the first five six weeks of the season. Coming up on ESPN Honolulu, Stephen Size got a column in the Honolulu Star Advertiser. And it's worth the, the, the however much a paper costs nowadays. But it's uh, it's titled, Hawaii's Destination Days, A Thing of the Past. And it kind of brings up a lot of blasts from the past. And you kind of feel good and warm reading his column this morning. And then it turns into doom and despair for sports in Hawaii. It's, it's, it's a great piece. Dan Wolken from USA Today Sports is going to join us on college football. Uh, coming up in about 10 minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. Maybe he's going to talk about the Colorado, Colorado State, ESPN's fifth most watched college football game ever, ever. The fifth most watched college football game. So if you were uh, like a Colorado fan and you're kind of upset or Dion was upset, you know what, this whole thing with uh, Jay Norville and sunglasses and the way my mama raised me and all of that, you have that to thank. For the, whatever it was, 11.1 million at its peak viewers of this one college football game of two teams who are traditionally not that good, but all of America tuned in because of the rival, because of the, I guess the, uh, the, 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 the hype. And the think hype, of this, yeah. that game started at 10 p.m. Eastern. Wow. So it didn't end until about almost two because it went obviously double overtime, and that's kind of that's kind of a late start for a marquee game, I guess. Because I don't know, obviously for TV, but all the celebrities on the sidelines. I mean, everybody, not everybody, a lot of big time celebrities were there. That was a game that did live up to the hype, as it turns out, but got a lot of interest just going into it. And even I guess Dion's uh, sunglasses have made a lot of money because everybody's buying them now. I didn't realize that was his company. Or he's an investor oh, in the company. Are you serious? Oh yeah, I think what well, I saw like four and a half million dollars in sales since Saturday or something like that. I mean, everybody's buying them. And he's, apparently. he's and he's got a stake in the company. Yes, yes, yes. You know who this reminds me of? Brian Bosworth. Brian Bosworth had those those T-shirts that uh, said like, you know, I hate the Bos or whatever it was. I don't remember, but they were negative shirts putting down Brian Bosworth during the height of his popularity or the height of his college career at Oklahoma. you With Brian Bosworth, you either loved him or hated him. True, yeah, and yeah. And a lot of people did not like the guy. And so uh, there were these T-shirts going around that said, you know, it was like a, a, a circle with a line through it and it said the Bos, something like that. Well, come to find out, Bosworth <laughs> was making those T-shirts and selling them to people. So win-win, right? Exactly. It's the same thing. Hate me what? and pay me. He probably said, you know what? 
Norval, say something about my glasses. I'll cut you in on I'll give you a million. Yeah. I'll give you a million because I know I'm going to make at least four. <laughs> I love it. It wouldn't shock me, I guess, these days, but, yeah, it's incredible how much money uh, he's making from that. I mean, I haven't ordered any yet, but apparently a lot of people have. Yeah. Uh, what, what what brand is it? Is it a certain brand? I, I can't even remember the name. It's, it's not Oakley or anything like that, obviously, but I, I can't remember the name. All right. I'm going to look it up, actually. Oh, I just put Dion in Google, and immediately Dion Sanders' sunglasses comes oh, wow. up. Wow. <laughs> Uh, let's see. His unique sunglasses design. Uh, it's okay. I don't know. Uh, anyway. But people are buying them. I was looking at, um, Stephen Tsai's column this morning. And, and Hawaii used to be a destination. Basically what it's about is, and this is great work, Stephen. I love it. Hawaii used to be a destination for entertainment and sports. And, Really, what the uh, because of you know not having a stadium, having and he's not saying this. I'm I'm putting I'm injecting my thoughts because you have legislators who personally are out to get the University of Hawaii and have them fail at everything from academics to sports and everything in between. Because of that, partially because of that, Hawaii hasn't be, been really a destination for entertainment or sports. We don't have Aloha Stadium, so you're not going to have those big concerts like you used to have. We don't. The Stan Sheriff Center, 10,400, 300, whatever it is, sport, the Stan Sheriff Center, you can't have concerts because of some kind of weird law that doesn't make sense. They said, well, if you have a concert, it has to be at the Blaisdell. Right. Which is. First dibs. Right, and, and it's just it, it doesn't make sense. Um, it, I mean, nobody can figure that out. Yet it remains kind of something still in there. Uh, but back in the day, you had—I remember this. This was huge. I mean, they made a concert and a television special out of Elvis Presley's "Aloha from Hawaii" via satellite concert. This was watched by millions of people via satellite around the world, thirty-six countries. Um, Stephen uh, talks about, he writes about, you know, groups from the Jackson 5 to the Rolling Stones performing at the HIC. I went to that Jackson 5 concert. I think I was about eight years old. He sat behind the stage. This is cool. I didn't realize this. Aerosmith was the opening act for the Guess Who. Oh, wow. I saw them at the Blaisdell, but they they were the only act when I saw Aerosmith there. Oh, yeah, they've, they've come for years and years, but they were just up and coming wow. back then. Wow. But I didn't know about this, the Aloha Classic. Oh, there we go. A four-team premier tournament. Um, it featured, um, you know, some great teams. I don't remember the Aloha Classic. Oh, I do. I used to fly in from Hilo to watch that back in the late 80s, I guess it was, or mid-80s. You'd have, again, the 14, but you would have the best college basketball players. And I remember Jerry West standing there as a scout watching these games. I remember meeting Detlef Schrempf from Washington, but everybody used to come for that. I remember meeting John Sally, Dennis Rodman, Scotty Pippen played in it. Uh, I mean, it was going on for a long time, and I caught, I guess, the tail end of as far as watching it in person. And one year they had one game at Hilo. But that was a great event. All eyes were on Hawaii. I guess it was in April of every year to watch the Aloha Classic. That was special. 
Right. The um, the hula bowl. Not the not the hula. Yeah, the hula bowl. The hula bowl became a joke after a while. But the hula bowl was the was the premier college all star football game. I right. mean, you saw players like O.J. Simpson running down the sidelines in the mud at old Aloha at old Aloha Stadium at the uh, the old uh, Termite Palace. I mean, and it just turned into it's kind of like the rest of the mainland and money caught up. Schedule changes. I mean, we can't even get a men's basketball schedule out. It, we can't get anyone to come here to play basketball. And it's it's it, back then, North Carolina would be like, yeah, Kansas. Yeah, we'll go play in Hawaii. Nowadays, there's too much at stake. Nobody wants to fly here. It, it's kind of sad. It how, is. So, and, and the same thing with entertainment. Probably partially due to government restrictions and regulations, you can't get a great act to come to Hawaii. They don't need to stop off before they go to Japan. They'll this. go straight to Japan. Especially with what size venues you have. I mean, even with Aloha Stadium, it was getting rarer and rarer for that to happen. And now without a big stadium, 10,003, which can't be choice number one versus 7,000 at the Blaisdell, which I know has been renovated, I guess. And, yeah, groups aren't going to come here. It costs too much. I remember Tom Moffat, the late Tom Moffat, telling me that 10 years ago, right. that they just groups were less less inclined to come here those days because of the cost and the size of the venue. They just won't come. Right. And we've seen that more and more, unfortunately. There's a lot of concerts in the summer all over the place. Taylor Swift, as an example, she just had one of the biggest tours ever. She would never <laughs> have come here. You know, I'm just saying that's one of the real popular ones of the summer where maybe 20 years Sorry, ago. Sorry, I'm not following Taylor Swift. Oh, wait tell a minute. The, oh, you, I know you're an NSYNC fan club member, and you got the card <laughs> hanging up on your wall in the back. But you know what I mean. I mean, even Bruce Springsteen, really popular tour. Those are the two biggest summer tours. Springsteen, blah. Go back to Katy Perry or whoever you're but, talking about. Katy Perry, no, no. Of those groups would come here i mean i mean we, the last five years even before covid we would get a lot of groups that were kind of uh, older uh and maybe you know they didn't they didn't they weren't going to get the fifty thousand seat stadiums anyway right. you know we you saw know def leopard come here guns and roses and yeah but you know what these guys are way past their prime that's what i mean you know, exactly. the, the only reason they played at the blaisdell is because gussie lamores was closed <laughs> yes i love that but yeah, that's my point exactly we're only getting those later school uh, sick countries it, like that all right let's move on we got okay. a guest coming up next Gary Dickman and Chris Hart, the sports animals here on ESPN Honolulu, talking a lot of football. We're going to focus on college football now. Joining us now on 92.7 FM and 1420 AM here on ESPN Honolulu, he's a national columnist for USA Today Sports, talking college football and basketball. Of course, today it'll be football. It's also got the podcast, the College Football Fix podcast. Dan Wolken back with us. Dan, great to have you on again. And I guess we'll start with the topic that still hasn't really slowed down too much as far as people talking about Colorado and Deion Sanders. First of all, your thoughts on the game on Saturday night. Well, uh, I guess the best way to explain it would be that I don't know that I would have stayed up for any other game besides that one because that 10 o'clock game, uh, at least for me on the East Coast, is is pretty rough. And um, you know, generally speaking, uh, staying up to 1 or 2 in the morning is, is not cool. Uh, but <laughs> This is one of those games where you're kind of watching and uh, waiting and trying to see if Colorado's going to come back, and it, it looks like they really didn't have anything going, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's in overtime, and it's just incredibly compelling. But most of what's happened with Colorado so far has been compelling. And, uh, 
you know, I, I think at some point there's there's probably still going to be a regression to the mean a little bit. Uh, they're 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 good, but they're you know they're not maybe that good. So uh, there's going to be some bumps in the road, but for now it's it's just kind of like uh, a self fulfilling prophecy. They're they're talking big and, and living up to it. Yeah, they're definitely talking big. Deion Sanders is definitely doing that. So speaking of Deion Sanders, your thoughts on what he has done, how he's handled everything, I guess, is a big part of it as well. Deion Sanders has been in the spotlight. He's been incredibly famous for like 35 years. And I think that's the thing that is maybe dawning on us a little bit now when you start to see the numbers, you start to see the, the ratings and the interest that this story is, is generating all over the country. It's, it's really breaking through the kinds of people who typically talk about college football. And I think it's something that only he could do because of how big of a part of American life he's been for, for a long time. So, um, you know, I think he's, he's always pushing – narrative he's always pushing you know different uh ways to promote himself and his program and certainly uh, right now it's paying off to the benefit of, of colorado and, and certainly college football in general dan Wilkin from usa today sports joining us on espn honolulu talking college football let's continue with the pac-12 because it's kind of interesting with everything falling apart off the field that on the field there are eight teams in the top 22 out of the top 25 and three in the top 11 so the pac-12 going out with a bang your thoughts on how the conference is doing this year and what it would be if actually one or two of those teams go to the playoffs I think two is probably a lot to ask. Certainly the quality and the depth in the Pac-12 right now is going to uh, play to the benefit of whoever wins the league, but you do have to get through the schedule with probably just one loss. And that's not going to be easy to do because of the very thing we're talking about. It's, it's, a, it's a highly competitive uh, environment and, and league and, you know, like Colorado is an example, you know, they're going to be playing Oregon. They're going to be playing USC and you lose both of those games and, and you kind of get forgotten a, a little bit. And you know, I think Washington right now offensively is, is proving to be extremely hard to stop. I think they've probably got right now the, the best player in the country, the most productive player in, in Michael Penix. If you just are looking at the numbers, uh, their defense has been good. You know, we'll, we'll find out a lot more about Oregon, Oregon State, Utah uh, in a couple weeks. So, yeah, there's just a lot of good depth. I mean, I think it's unfortunate for the people in, in the league that uh, this didn't happen two or three years ago when maybe it might have helped them get a better media deal. But um, then again, you know, you can't have a league that's, that's so fragile that uh, everything kind of rests on one season. It's, it's, it's just a weird situation with, you know, with essentially – the Pac-12 dissolving once the season ends. It's incredible to see how it happens happens so fast and as well. Let's talk about the SEC and more specifically Alabama. Out of the top ten for the first time in forever, looks like they have some uh, quarterback issues playing three already right now. I mean, beating South Florida on the road, it was, I think, 10-3 going into the fourth quarter. Uh, what is wrong with Alabama, if that's the right way to put it? I think watching them, the quarterback thing is certainly a huge issue. Uh, they just don't have 
anyone who's dynamic in the passing game the way that their last you know three four quarterbacks have been, and that certainly is going to affect everything about their offense. But there's also other things they're not doing very well. Uh, their offensive line is really struggling too. Uh, they're you know they're not really going to be able to run the ball unless that changes. They're going back to Jalen Milrow. I assume he'll be the start of the rest of the season. I think everybody got a glimpse in that game last weekend that the other guys, there's a reason they, they didn't win the job either coming out of camp. They, they just weren't, weren't very good. Uh, as imperfect as Milrow is, he's going to be the guy they have to rely on. So he's just going to have to play better. Uh, he's going to have to use his legs. He's going to have to try to take care of the ball. And maybe that'll be enough to have a good season, but it certainly looks like there's some coaching issues, some development issues. Uh, it certainly can't be or shouldn't be a talent issue because Alabama still gets top three recruiting classes every single year. Right. Uh, but the, the hole is not uh, as, as much as the sum of its parts right now. I was mentioning on yesterday's show, Dan, that Georgia playing South Carolina at home on Saturday got booed at halftime. They were trailing, I think, by uh, 10 or more at one point, ended up winning by 10, 24-14. First of all, is Georgia going to be in contention, in your opinion, for a third consecutive title? And I thought it was kind of funny in a way that the fans, I mean, after winning back-to-back championships, are still booing their team because they're trailing a game at halftime. Well, that's sort of the way things work, I guess, in college football, where you, you get to a certain level and you experience a run of success, and when the team naturally kind of comes off of that and regresses a little bit. Uh, even if you're still very good, uh, it creates a lot of unease among a fan base. I mean, Georgia's look, Georgia just played poorly in that half. I, I don't think there's necessarily some massive overarching concerns about Georgia, but you know, Clemson's fans are frustrated right now. and you know, they, They've lost one game to Duke, and they, they look like they're significantly off what they were. Um, but, you know, I think George is going to be fine in the end. I, I, right now, you know, there's, there's probably not as big of a gap between them and the rest of the field as there was last year. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think they're going to go through some growing pains here with, with a lot of new personnel at different positions. Conference play starting for basically everybody in the upcoming weeks. We'll see a lot more games that are more competitive, but so interesting so far in early September. Dan, great talking college football with you. I'm sure we'll do it again before basketball starts later on as well. All right, thanks. All right, thank you so much. Dan Walken, national columnist for USA Today Sports for college basketball and college football. Also on the podcast, College Football Fix, joining us on ESPN Honolulu. Those were great questions, said nobody. I just wanted to say that. Now we'll get some text in as usual when Chris gets like this. Folks, you can call or text in at 808-296-1420. Oh, hey, if you work downtown, check this out. Uh, Chick-fil-A a la Moana has got a pop-up. Uh, it's benefiting uh, Gary. There you go. Thank you. It's uh, uh, Chick-fil-A a la Moana has a uh, pop-up downtown benefiting uh, Make-A-Wish Hawaii. Today at the Pioneer Plaza, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., they're they're selling uh, Chick-fil-A sandwiches, chicken sandwiches. And a percentage goes to uh, help grant wishes for local keiki with critical illnesses. So, hey, you want some uh, Chick-fil-A downtown? 
between 10 and 2, maybe go early. I, I imagine it's going to be a little bit nuts. Yes, I, I think so. Yeah, so anyway, uh, check that out. All right, uh, we got a text at 808-296-1420, and uh, the texter says, why do some national experts always focus on Deion Sanders' celebrity and his propensity to promote himself but spend less time talking about how good a coach he is. Prime been coaching for 30 years. Top players want to play for him because he is an excellent coach. Remember, Devon Best, Colt Brennan, Pisa, Isaac, they did not come to play for UH. They came to play for June Jones. Okay. Um, first of all, he hasn't been coaching for 30 years. No. No, 30 years ago, he was playing for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> he's, he's been coaching for – he was coaching a youth team and then, uh, he, you know, started coaching at Jackson State. That was his first college coach, right? Yes, uh, College yes, gig, yes. right? Yeah, that was just a couple of years ago. I, 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 you know, I imagine that he is a really good coach. He's even a better recruiter is what you're talking about. Uh, I'm sure he's a good coach. He can't be where he is today and not be a good coach. I think what you're talking, what you're saying, the national experts, in quotes, focusing on his celebrity is because that's what's interesting. Bill Belichick in a film room is not interesting to most of America. It's boring. Deion Sanders is interesting. That's why they're promoting it, and that's what people want to see. And They oh, want to see him on 60 Minutes and, you know, and, and check out his – you know the 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 guy he is. He's to me, he's pretty an amazing guy. I think also he wants to self promote. I mean, he brings it on with some of the people he brings around, like having the Rock there for a couple of days, all the celebrities on the sidelines, all the things he says and does. So he's on a lot of TV shows, and you know that's more power to him. That's fine. So I think that's why there's a lot of attention on Deion Sanders, the man, and everything else that goes with it. But I think a lot of people every week are acknowledging that he is a good coach. I don't agree, though, with the texter saying that he's getting all the top talent there. I mean, he got his son because he's dad. He got Travis Hunter uh, getting tons of credit for that but I, I don't see all these other four-star you know all nfl type players yet going to colorado it seems like he's headed in that direction but well, i wouldn't say he's the, getting go, all the go, top talent going there yet go down the roster and see who he's got before you make the statement I he at, might have a he might have a number of four-star guys but i tell you what guys coming up he's doing the exact he's recruiting right now when he brings his mama and pregame and dwayne the rock johnson what he's doing is recruiting who wouldn't want to go play for the most interesting team in America, the Colorado Buffaloes? He's he's doing a great job. He's marketing the program. Sure. So that's why uh, um, if he doesn't have a bunch of four stars now, uh, he's certainly going to have them coming up. I guarantee. Oh, how? And who knows? After you know, and and let's let's go down Max Preps and see the guys who he does have on his team. He might have quite a few. I don't think there were that many just reading about that like a month or two ago. I mean, he's got good players, and it's a big turnover in Colorado. But, again, the players he's getting, there's a few good names, and the, uh, the, the receiver whose name escapes me right now is super good, too. The, I think Dior, I can't remember his last name right now, had a great game against TCU. But, let, I mean, let, if they lose to you, uh, 
USC and Oregon, their two opponents coming up. Right. You know, they're still going to be a good team. This is not a fluke. They are a good team. They've got a great quarterback. They've got great players, Travis Hunter, who will be out for a few weeks. But I, I just don't think it's not like he's getting all the top talent. There were people texting the show, I think more in the afternoon last week, talking about them going to the college football playoffs. Will they be a championship team? I think it's way too early yeah, to say yeah. that about them. They struggled against a team that won, what, two or three games last year. Right. No, you're right. It's the most interesting team. Definitely. Is what it is. Definitely. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. So it is. I Must mean, watch most, TV. Yeah, sure it is. Of course. Uh, and, and, you know, that's, you know what? That's the start. Yep. You know, as you see the demise of Alabama, all of a sudden now are the best players like, I got to go play for, oh, wait a minute, Colorado. I was going to play for Alabama, but Colorado looks pretty interesting. Hey, you know what? My coach hurt my feelings this year. So I'm going to enter the transfer portal. I'll go to Colorado as well. You'll you see a lot of that, yeah. You could build this team faster than Pac-12 collapsed. <laughs> and, and he has done a great job. There's no denying that. I mean, I'm not denying that yet. I just think it's a little too early to anoint him like a national championship contender or anything like that. But they are headed in a great direction. I mean, he has yeah. turned everything around there, everything on and off the field.